Finally ready for a ride on the bike? Who, me? <laughs> Let's ride, Big Daddy. Oh, yeah. Mama like you. Robin, over here. Eco-friendly. She runs on corn. Welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. And we are now recording pretty late. <laughs> yeah, it's super late. It's just switching back and forth yeah, now every w- time. It was Monday at like super early last week, and this week it's Wednesday at uh, 9 p.m. 9.45. I'm sorry, man, I'm for oh, being so late. What's going on with your schedule? It's Are they moving since, you around since a bunch? One, since, since, since I went into like quasi manager yeah, yeah, yeah. they have me working till eight Oof. um not just for the rest of this month thankfully there's a couple like mondays i'm only okay. until four so oh that's not um, bad and then there's a couple days during the week I mondays you said mondays until okay mondays would be good to you mm-hmm. know, record when yeah, you have that those sounds days. great um no worries dude you know i i'm never gonna risk this you know it's yeah. like i'll sacrifice some things to get this mm-hmm. done um especially on a week like this i know We just have so much going on in so many different facets of our our things that we're interested in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, it's it. It's been sensory overload. Um, So I was looking at our Instagram and I was like, holy crap. Last week's post was our 99th post. And I kept thinking, what's going to be our 100th post? And then I posted something recently, yeah. Um, which gets us into, I think, our new segment. We'll start this off with our new segment. Okay. Um, so we we know that ev- not everybody's into sports. We know that not yeah. everybody <laughs> listens to us fanboy, but we also don't always talk about sports. Um, so we decided to come up with a segment that is just, we'll set a timer for four or five minutes and just talk about basketball. Yep. Um, we want to do a Rip City segment, um, and 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 we can that that can include the Jets if you want to. Um, I don't really know much <laughs> well, about as, the yeah, Jets, I mean, but as we get into the the um, the draft and stuff, I might want right. to drop a few things. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and uh, but this is something that you and I both have common ground in. Um, we're both fans, mm-hmm. and uh, there's been a lot going on as far as the team, and so I wanted to. This this won't come up every episode, but when there are things to talk about, it will come up. Um, but before we start this, and before we start a timer, I created a little intro for this segment. You've been, you've, dude, you, you already said I'm just gonna like do a walk off, <laughs> like it's gonna be like a walk off home run. I feel and like I'm just gonna I should do the walk off. Okay. All right. Um, let's listen to this All intro. Right. I'm excited. The Rip City segment. Oh my God. Throws the mother. A three for the game. You got wheels? You how'd you find wheels? Is... You gotta pinch me. I must be dreaming. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon a three-pointer out front. Hit it! 
Jeff, you are a god. I have... That's the... Yeah, that's, that's um, the, the Bosnian soccer team. Cheering. National soccer team. Oh, man, I have tears in my eyes, man. <laughs> I oh. made that in five minutes. Did you really? Yeah, I was scrambling. Dude, you I knew you were on your way, so I was just scrambling to like put something together, and I'm sure I'll add more things. Yeah, you're an absolute god. <laughs> oh, my Lord, Isn't dude. Isn't that good? Dude, and the fact that you got wheels is I had to get call. wheels. I'm not using anybody else but no. wheels. I mean, that would have been... Mike and Mike's weren't yes, bad for the I Lillard call. Yes, I would use Mike call, and Mike, yeah. Um, because I love after Lillard hit that shot. Mm-hmm. And, and Mike Rice, the ultimate homer. Yeah. Right? And he was just like... Because he was so... he. I loved him because he got as mad at the officials as I did. Yes. So it felt like I was like vindicated for right. being as hateful to the refs as I was. Because <laughs> they're always screwing over Portland. Just ask me, I'll tell you. Yeah. And uh, Mike Rice uh, was like, you can't take this from us, Callahan. Yeah. And like it's just yeah. like, oh man, I love. They oh. tried to on that game too. They did everything they yeah. could. So yeah, I made yeah. that little for our segment. And when there's other big highlights, you know, I could put a, a whole series of game winners, but those two kind of stood yeah. out. I wonder what Wheels' call sounded like oh. when Nurk went down. Okay. Yeah, so let's get there. So at the end, that, that Nurkic thing probably won't be at the end of everyone, but that was uh, at a Bosnian soccer game, um, national team, and the Bosnians were chanting Yusuf Nurkic. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, if you live in the area and you don't know what happened to Yusuf Nurkic, then uh, crawl out from under your rock and pay attention because it was rough. Yeah. Did you watch it live? I did. I just started screaming, no, 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 no. And Jen was in the room and she's like, what? And I'm like, he's, Nurk's done. He just busted his leg. And like, listening to to, um, Calabro Mm -hmm. and uh, what's his name? Uh, Heard. Heard try to like, he's okay. He's all right. Like they didn't say he was okay, Mm -hmm. but they were trying to navigate through that. Dude, you knew he was done. Yeah. Well, you (sighs) just saw him. I, I, I. I'll never forget where I was. Like yeah. this is a this is a potentially franchise altering injury. Yes, and it, it it's at least altering the next two seasons. Yes, the end of this one and pretty much all of next mm-hmm. season, and um, it may even carry over. Who knows how long this is going to carry over? Uh, thankfully, not much longer. thankfully, it looks like there was no structural, there was no muscle damage, muscle or ligaments. There was no ligaments. Yeah, um, and that's the most important thing. No yes. nerve damage. Yes, nerve. So, right, right, right. right. Um, there he should have a full recovery yes so it's just can he mentally get back to that type of play yeah throwing his body Mm -hmm. into um into men who are six seven at minimum and being 270 pounds and coming down on that leg seven feet and what you know it's it's just gosh i just i couldn't believe it because i was watching that and he goes in for you know mo has that mm-hmm. high bank shot go off the front of the mm-hmm. rim and he crashes and as you're describing it I'm just I can see it because we just got through the scare of Damian Lillard yes right because I Dwar- thought his ACL was torn for sure Carroll just like threw his, his leg right into Damian's yeah. knee and I was like and then and then you see Lillard running it off and like okay we dodged that we dodged mm-hmm. that after CJ's injury it's like thank god thank god yeah. and, then, and then fucking that snapped it it just crumbled beneath him um I just you know you know me. You've played basketball with me yeah. a few times. I'm a shit talker. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the mental game of it. And and if you're not on my team, I'm going to trash talk you. You you could be up 20 and I'm still going to trash talk you. And I love that. I love that aspect about Nurk. Mm-hmm. He's chippy and he 
he forces people to get worked up. He always does it. It's yeah. every time. And I was just, you know, I was, I'm more and more, I'm just falling in love with that guy. And I'm just like, man, he's so fun. I, I, I've never been to a playoff game. And I was thinking, you know what? I think this will be the year. I, I know Nurk's going to get in there and he's going to start shit mm-hmm. and he's going to just talk shit. And it's going to, the environment's just going to get nuts. And then this happens. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a complete compound fracture of yes. the tibia. Busted through his skin. And then I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch the longer clip of it, mm-hmm. but his, he was, he wears leggings and socks. He yeah. started bleeding through them. Did he really? Yeah. And I just watched the clip multiple times. I, I, you know, what's funny is I was telling guys at work, I go, you know, when Paul George did it and Hayward did it and what's his name? Where for yeah. college for when he, Louisville. Yeah, yeah. When he did it, I watched those like multiple times. Like, Ooh, dang. Oh, when it's Nurk and it's your guy on your team, it, it's hard for me to watch it. I, I just like I've watched it multiple times, but it makes me sick every time. Mm-hmm. Jake, I haven't slept in days. I I just want to hear from him. I know he's fine, yeah. But I just I want to know. I want to see like a selfie in the in the hospital bed, like thumbs up, you know, like we're good. Like uh, it's it's crazy how much this has shown me how obsessed with this team. I yeah. Am. Well, I think I was listening to sports because and, and you con- like I was on Twitter. I was on. I was refreshing my Bleacher Report feed, like trying to get any sort of news. Mm-hmm. And you just saw all the outpouring of support from yes. players across the, mm-hmm. the uh, and that and that was as a fan. And it's just like this injury didn't even happen to me, but I feel it in my heart. Yes. I feel it in yes. my. I feel it in my bones. Yes. And it was just so devastating because if you think of like in on top of the history, like the history of this franchise, right? right? Like you know how many different restarts has this franchise Ugh. had because of injury. Yes. I mean, we weren't around in the Bill Walton or even Sam Bowie yeah. era, but both of I mean, big men who had so much potential right. and then had, you know, devastating injuries that they never, you know, recovered from. Mm-hmm. And then for us, the most recent one was Wesley Matthews. That was, that team was Roy. going, Roy, my favorite player yeah, of all I mean, time. Yeah, that's right. Roy had to completely reset Roy and Alder I and mean, Roy and Odin completely mm-hmm. of Odin blowing oh, out his Odin, knee yeah, in December. Yeah. Um, that that team could have won a championship. I know we've talked oh, about that. God. Um, so you reset, and you get back there with a with a Marcus Lamarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. led team, a young Damian Lillard, and a good core around yes. them. Wes Matthews, Nick Batum, Batum. Robin Lopez, yep. good bench, Rolo. Mo Williams. That team was going places. That yes. was a that was a that was a team destined for fifty five, fifty six wins, mm-hmm. and they were the four seed when Wesley Matthews tears his ACL right. and LaMarcus, you know, breaks a thumb going into the mm, playoffs. Remember that? that Rolo yeah. missed two months in that season mm-hmm. and LaMarcus leaves at the mm-hmm. end of that. And then you're just like, okay, another reset. Mm-hmm. Now we got Lillard, we got McCollum, we got Nurkic, right? We got our big three. We've mm-hmm. got, we've got another core. Like we're now we're, it's, it's moving forward. Uh, and then to have this yes. happen again. Yes. The good thing is the silver, if there's a silver lining anywhere, mm-hmm. it's the fact that, he should come back, mm-hmm. and Lillard and McCollum are both under contract past the time when he's supposed to yes. be back yes. to full health. Right. So it's not over. The window is still here. Yeah. It's just extended, and hopefully Lillard... Lillard said today he would be comfortable signing a Supermax, yes. and that took so much anxiety from me, me away. Me too. Because otherwise, you would be, Nurkic would be coming back to full strength in Damian Lillard's last year as uh, a Blazer. Yeah. So, and that's I scary. Saw, you know, I saw these outlets and people saying like, oh, um, Damian, is Damian going to stay? Is Damian going to stay? Honestly, and I know we've been through through Aldridge saying, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish my career here mm-hmm. and all that shit, but 
when Damien says that it's different, when he was talking about if I leave, that doesn't just affect my life. That affects other people's lives. Mm -hmm. That affects my friends' lives. These aren't just my teammates. These are my friends. And if I leave, now their life is uncertain. Because mm -hmm. they could blow it up and they could get moved. Yes. And, yeah. and that, that, him saying that is much different than anything I've ever heard. Yeah. Ever. Ever. He's the best pro Portland could ever ask for. Yes. We're, we don't deserve him. <laughs> <laughs> we really do not. No, we don't. Um, and so I saw he might sign that. They might offer an extension. And I'm just like, dude. Why would they not offer an extension? Well, I mean, but him to take it. Like, he yeah. doesn't He doesn't want to go. I don't think he wants to go. No, he wants to be the best blazer. And I yes. truly believe it I, when he says yes. that. So, I mean, you look at Paul George having a record season. I hope. Nurk, from the same type of injury. Yeah. I hope that Nurk does the same thing. But he's battling in there, man. He's fighting in down low. Yeah. Paul George is a jump shooter now. You know what I mean? Not that he hasn't. And he still attacks the basket. But, you know, with Nurk, he that he could – I don't want to point blame. I know you have plenty of people to blame. Oh, I have like, <laughs> I have, a, I have a laundry list of people I'm blaming for this. Um, but, you know, there is the possibility of being undercut like he was – and that to happen again when you're fighting down low like that. Yeah. Um, so that's what's scary. And and also uh, the mental part of this is massive. Mm -hmm. So luckily, again, I can't give this dude more as more any more praise, but thank God we have a leader like Damian Lillard yeah. who can I don't know if you saw the Detroit game. Mm -hmm. I was at that game. Oh, duh. Okay, so Nurk was Nurk had said, I'm done bitching at the refs. I'm not doing it anymore. Because it's hurting our game. Because he got that T, and you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. He he's uh, in he, the OKC game. Yes, he wants yeah. to find the balance of shitting on people enough to get them riled mm -hmm. up, and then no one to pull back. And that's all Damien in, Damien's influence. Yes, and one of those and one of those things is to just let the refs do their thing and and not you know clap at them and stuff. So he got fouled at the Detroit game and was clapping, and Damien started screaming at him like Damien was pissed. He was because Damien uh, Nurk turned and started clapping his hands at the refs, and Damien was like Nurk, Nurk, and you could see he was not. I he heard, was, yeah, I heard him. Yelling he was pissed. That, yeah, he was pissed, and and then and then after his injury, Damien says, you know, and I was laughing. I was like, Nurk, Dame's going at him, and it, and then Damien says, you know, he's the one player that I can go at differently than anybody else because he's like my little brother, mm -hmm. and you you see that between those two, dude. That interview with Damien, I almost cried, dude, because he those guys are like legitimately best friends yeah going to his son's birthday party and going over after practice just to hang out with his kid and, and he's like, just he's like, like nurk's that goofy dude so who goofy. just who and then i think damien just really like appreciates yes. appreciates that and him and cj are really close i mean damon cj are really yes. close too yeah. i think all three of them you just saw cj's reaction after the end like just oh. head because he was he wasn't playing he yes. was sitting right behind the bench mm -hmm. and his head just on the chair on the chair in front of him yeah I, and mo just looking Surrender. Oh, dude, I love this. I, I love this team. Yeah, I just too. love this team. I love all of the. I love all of the characters mm -hmm. on it. I'm even liking Seth Curry. Like Seth Curry's been killing it, dude. He, dude he, his shot is so pure. Yes, and I now love when he. I, I love it. you know. I love when he knows the shot's going in because he just drops his hand. He just like flares his mm -hmm. hands out mm -hmm. to his side, mm -hmm. and he's just like, oh, he knows oh, it. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, but I. What do you I, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. Do I, okay. Obviously, the the refs didn't cause the injury. Okay, but. I do believe they are culpable to the extent that they allowed a reckless game to continue. Continue. It was getting bad. Mm -hmm. It wasn't getting bad. It was it was chippy and 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 uh, Calabro said multiple times, "Oh, they're letting them play. Like they're letting them play," which is good to an extent. But 
I mean, that kick out, hitting Damien in the knee, and then, like you said to me, um, the two bigs on the Nets got, they fouled out, and so now the smaller guys on Nets have to play a little chippier, maybe get away with a little more dirtier moves, Mm -hmm. which is, it's something that happens in every game, but the rest were letting that get by. Yeah, without foul, flagrant fouls, flagrant on Damari Carroll, Mm -hmm. I think sets a tone that Mm -hmm. makes those other guys... Play play a little bit more reserved. Well, well, well. Carol's on the elbow, mm-hmm. and I think also Carol's on the kickout. Oh, okay. Either one. That you're wasn't. Saying. That did not look like a basketball move. Right. No. No. He was no trying sho- to draw. Something. He was trying to draw that. That was not a basketball move. Yeah. That should have been. That's I think a good that point. It should have been at least reviewed. Yeah. To oh, put yeah. the to put the the, the scare into Demario Carroll. The Nets. Yeah. To into the Nets in general, out, dude. Because Jared Dudley was. Uh, that, no, no, uh, <laughs> don't <What>? don't don't <laughs> what i mean you can but you're just you're gonna get too worked up i know okay. you are it just that try hard is <laughs> only doing he's only just collecting a paycheck on the end of the bench he's yeah. only playing because they have to force him in there they're on an extended road he trip was knocking down buckets dude only against the blazers random blaze i have not forgiven him since he beat roy in the in aldridge in back in the phoenix series yeah that dude couldn't miss he only shoots threes like that against the blazers um you're talking to someone whose second favorite team is the sun so i like jared I, I, he he purposefully he didn't intend for that he injury did not, to happen but he purposefully he purposefully him. put his feet out wide yes he did to try to but when he wanted to go box out and yeah. When I when you told me about that, I was like, Jake's just you know he's just freaking out. Let him you know. It, I'm sure it wasn't that intentional or or as far as the move. Mm-hmm. Then I watched it again and I'm like, whose fucking leg is that? And then I rewound it and it sucked because Nurk's break is right in that frame. Yeah, it's his leg. It's mm-hmm. Jared Dudley's leg and it's overextended in a place where it's not natural. It wouldn't naturally be exactly. And so he's getting he's. Getting, he's stepping on that leg, but also getting hit from behind by Carroll mm-hmm. and just snapping his bones. Yep. So, so that's my take is I think the refs <laughs> allowed a, a reckless game to continue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, these are freaking accidents. Yes. Nobody really, it, it, there's nothing to blame. Yeah. Nobody specifically to blame. The act this in these injuries unfortunately happen in sports when right. you have men who are that size throwing their bodies into right. each other. But, there was things that could have happened, and it, and it, and it just—it was a perfect storm of events. If if Brooklyn's bigs don't foul out, mm-hmm. you've got Ed Davis in there using his body to right. box out Nurk. Portland probably loses, but we don't lose Nurk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, I just wish like D'Angelo Russell. We would have never known, right? And you and yeah. I would have been complaining. I can't believe they lost to the Nets at home, right? Yeah, like, they, like all the refs like allowing them to shoot forty-two mm-hmm. free throws. Look mm-hmm. at the look at the free throw discrepancy. We'd have never known. Yeah. But, God, if you could have been like, hey, by the way, this is going to happen if you win this game. Yeah, Dude, this is fucking the lose it. Universe. Just lose it. Yeah. Lose it. I don't care how heartbreaking the loss was, like some dagger three yeah. at the buzzer <laughs> by D'Angelo Russell from 35 feet yeah. away. Whatever. Yeah. But. He, mm. um, uh, all the all the headlines were like, uh, Blazers make the playoffs, but nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, the, you, see the, you see the Clippers clinched. Yeah. The, the next night. Yeah. And they're popping champagne and celebrating. And the Sixers, I guess, were celebrating too from when they oh, clinched. Really? And then um, Jason Quick, because he posted, he shared two pictures taken from beat writers mm-hmm. of those two franchises saying like, and then he's like, and then you have what happened what happened in Portland yeah. when they clinched and yeah. just a somber, like completely Dead quiet. in the locker room. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, this is our first Rip City segment, but 
as fans, you know, we wanted to give a tribute to just the leadership and the players on this team. And, of course, Nurk. He's the man. I and fucking they, love and that And they guy. rallied and won by 20 tonight. Yeah, they crushed him tonight. But Laurie, I mean, it helped that Laurie Markkinen yes. and well, Zach yeah. Levine weren't playing. But. Well, CJ wasn't either. And neither was Nurk. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. So Rodney like, Hood had good games. Zach yes. Collins has been looking better. Mm, yeah. Better. Yeah, better. Myers had good defense it's, on Rolo. It's a low bar. It's yes. a low bar to clear. But, but these guys better. need to step up. The yeah. bigs need to step up. All right, so we'll move on from that. But thanks for listening. That was more than five minutes. But listen, that this was, is our first segment. There was a lot. We'll get it there. This was there was a lot to talk. There's about. There's a lot to one. talk about. Um, so get well soon, Nurk. We love you and uh, Rip City. Okay. There's there's so much going on. I don't want. Uh, it's late, so I got to go to bed because I got to work soon. So let's. Oh boy. I don't know what you want to get into. Um, I have a few things on my list here. All right, give me fire the mammy. Okay, I have house didn't overturn for house. state of emergency. Okay, I have um, Mueller. The Mueller, house Mueller, sorry. The house overturned. What are you talking about? They did not vote to overturn the veto by Trump. Oh, because they didn't have. They weren't going to have the numbers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but we already knew mm-hmm. that. So, um, Mueller investigation. Okay. FBI tweet. FBI tweet. Okay, I'll get to that. Okay. And then um that's it. So okay. let's just talk about those two. Mueller and FBI tweet. Okay. Tell me about the Mueller. Because you, you texted me, was that from an article or no, was that, that you was something I wrote? You fucking smart ass motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, look at this guy. I figured, but holy shit, it was well written. Yeah, I <laughs> sat there and edited that a ton before I sent it off sent it off to you guys. It was a pretty rough first yeah. draft. Um I was just like, once again, just this week has been filled with so much emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I, I think this, the Mueller investigation, there's so many facets to it. There are, um, there's so many different angles, so many different lessons to be learned. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I have, that I have learned mm-hmm. is to, if something's not explicitly being said by the people involved, yes. don't let others fill in the blanks for okay, you. Okay, so that's why, honestly, I haven't like jumped into you know, this investigating or researching this mm-hmm. because you're going to run into a bunch of bullshit, and I didn't want to do yeah. that. But when you text me that, I'm like, okay, I'm, maybe I'm just an idiot, but Jake really seems to have a grasp on what's going on because I don't. So lead the way. Well, okay, so <laughs> the... Robert Mueller yeah. um, wrapped up his his two-year-long investigation into collusion with uh, with Trump and f- trying to find if the Trump administration had colluded with with Russia. Right. The Mueller investigation was carried out impeccably well. Mm-hmm. And no, absolutely, there was no leaks coming out. There was nothing. Yeah. All, the only thing we had to follow were his actions after yeah. they happened. Mm-hmm. And I think where we went wrong, where I especially went wrong, mm-hmm. is that... I allowed people, I, I took for gospel mm-hmm. other people's interpretations of those actions, mm-hmm. meaning something that they, they didn't Whose mean. Whose actions? Mueller's actions. Okay. So like Mueller makes a move against somebody. Oh. That, that, and then, and then everybody's, Working his and way then up the chain. Everybody's speculation. Oh, yeah. they're encircling Trump. They're, yeah. All of this stuff. And we never made, well, okay, so... For those who, I mean, how could you not know at this point? But if you're listening from another country, I know we have a few of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Mueller s- suggested not uh, bringing any sort of charges, any further charges mm-hmm. than what have already been brought. Right. And uh, did not find uh, sufficient evidence to um, indict right. for collusion mm-hmm. uh, with 
between the Trump administration and Russian hackers. Mm-hmm. We did not. We we just took for granted that the um, and I not for granted, but we didn't even think. At least, at least I didn't, and the media didn't. The popular media didn't even think to ask themselves this question: at what was the how narrow, how broad of a definition of collusion might Mueller be using? Mm-hmm. And it turns out it was a very narrow definition of collusion. It okay. was. It was. Mueller was investigating specifically: was there prior contact between Trump administ between Trump campaign officials or Trump himself on the orders of you know basically or campaign officials on the order of Trump prior to the election met with Russian hackers to inf- to hack the election. Okay. And he did not find evidence of that. Right. But that does not mean that there wasn't collusion in other areas. There wasn't financial coll- there wasn't financial collusion. Mm-hmm. There wasn't um, collusion after the fact. It was just very specifically that type of co- that type of collusion right, right. with Russian hackers before the election. Mm-hmm. There is not there are 19 other district attorneys mm-hmm. in states around the nation including most notably the Southern District of New York which is has like a 99% conviction rate. They do not take cases they don't think they can win. Oh, wow. Or don't think they can win handedly. Right. And that are that are investigating other aspects of collusion, other aspects of uh, monetary crimes, financial, you know, financial crimes by the Trump administration, okay. by by the Trump uh, Foundation, and in family members of of Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is far from over, right? But the media, who didn't define, who didn't attempt to even define collusion mm-hmm. for their audiences, saying this could be a very narrow definition, this could be a very broad definition of collusion. Mm-hmm. They just allowed the the public. They painted this thing as like it. It was the beginning. The Mueller investigation was the beginning and end mm-hmm. to this story, right. and it was collusion was going to either ha- either going to be proved or disproved solely based on the Mueller investigation. That and that put that put so much weight on that on the public's in the public sphere mm-hmm. that I it, that wasn't due, and I think it's it's it did a huge is a massive disservice mm-hmm. because now everybody's assuming that it's over. Right, and any time it gets brought up again by either the con by either Congress, or by state attorney by state attorney off state state attorneys offices, mm-hmm. it's going to look like double. Je- it's going to be viewed by the public as partisan mm-hmm. and attempts at double jeopardy. He's right. already been exonerated on mm-hmm. this, which he hasn't because even even um, there's so many more to so much more to this, <laughs> but even Barr even Barr in Barr's summary mm-hmm. of Mueller's findings said this does not exonerate the president well that didn't that didn't matter he went out and tweeted instantly complete exoneration like who did trump oh okay so um okay so yes there is blame to be put on the media but you can't ignore not you specifically but listeners cannot ignore the fact that he's been undermining the justice system since he Mm -hmm. got elected yeah um and what I think is interesting, and this is something I was, I was comic, I've been comic crusading a little more. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed <laughs> to say that, but uh, you know, um, it, it's interesting to me that with him undermining the justice system for the last three years, and his tribe, uh, his psychopaths of of populists, you know, they're they're shitting on the justice system as well the whole time with him. But now that the justice system 
and the justice and the justice departments have come out and said as far as this specific definition of collusion he's clear now they're like oh thank god you know that they did their jobs mm-hmm. and they did the right thing it's like no 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 you guys have literally been saying <laughs> that this is a witch hunt and that they're pieces of shit and they just want in their and their the FBI is uh partisan and they're only they're doing the democratic agenda you know what i mean yeah. they completely shit on the FBI and now that they're kind of getting what they that well essentially what they it's going to be manipulated into exactly what they want now they're just like, well, see, the findings were correct. Mm-hmm. And anytime, and like you're saying, anytime anything else comes up against Trump, they're going to be like, no, 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 no. Remember the the strong and mighty FBI already, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be everything that they would have needed or, or could have asked for. Yeah. It's so annoying, dude. It is. It's, inc- it's incredibly annoying that the, the hypocrisy yeah. and, the, and yeah. that they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Yes. It's like, well, no matter what, like, yeah. I see it coming, dude. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's super frustrating. And um I mean it's not it should be noted that it's not um Justice Department policy mm-hmm. to indict a sitting president. Right. And so Mueller, who's a very conservative person, mm-hmm. he believes in his role very conservatively mm-hmm. by the book. He doesn't want to extend his powers. That's probably why that definition was so Narrow, exactly. And he has a, he's noted to have a very um, healthy and fond respect for the divisions, the the, the separations of separation of power within inherent in the federal government Mm -hmm. and understanding that it's not his place or the Justice Department's place within the executive branch to indict a sitting president. However, that is not in any way saying that Congress is is doesn't have their duty to take his findings mm-hmm. open up their own investigations should they feel it warranted right and full and carry out their duties mm-hmm. that's where this come this is that's where this need indi- impeachment needs to come from mm. it doesn't it shouldn't actually i mean by policy mm-hmm. and by the by how the institutions are designed indicting a sitting president is not practice right and I mean, this is just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because it's, it sucks that you could have a guy who may or may not just, as, just assume, I mean, just assume Trump is guilty right now. Okay. Just, just assume he's guilty okay. for, just for this, for this exercise. So assume he's guilty and they may, they may know that. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. he's able to, you have, you have a person who's potentially able to hide behind a policy that doesn't indict a sitting president Mm -hmm. and keep out of jail for two years and use the presidency in any way he wants to try to keep himself out of jail Mm -hmm. only because we're, we're so tied to our own traditions and our own norms Mm -hmm. and our own in wanting to work within the confines because we, we don't want to act outside those norms. Yes. To essentially like save ourselves, be, but there's somebody who's in the White House who does not care about yes. any of that. You're like it's like you're we're fighting with a hand behind our backs right. because oh, that's and, and that's analogy. why ambitious people. That's why the, our four our our founders were so scared of people of of people who are ambitious mm-hmm. gaining power right. because those people they don't care about norms. Mm-hmm. They care about only consolidating their own power right. and 
they're willing to do whatever it takes to hold on to that power. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, if they're if if you have someone who doesn't respect the office, what does he care if if he has to bend some rules to maintain his exactly. power in there? Yeah. So, I, you just see how much, how fragile this. I, I was also just like it's it's amazing to see literally how fragile our system truly is. Mm-hmm. I think when when Mueller dropped you know his report and you see what has come of it. And there's just, you just see, you just see it. You see how close we are to autocracy. Mm-hmm. It's the, there's a little bit of defense out there for Russia too, which I think is weird. Like in comment sections, like, see, they didn't inter- interfere. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not what that says. No, no, they definitely they interfered. Did. <laughs> they definitely interfered. That's yes. not up for debate. But people, I think that that this this is saying that they it, they didn't. Oh, my God. And I think that you and I made an excellent point last week when we were talking about, you know, we, we barely touched on as far as like um, uh, misinformation spread mm-hmm. through social media and stuff and how, you know, there was definitely an agenda by Russia to not let Hillary win. <laughs> they did not want Hillary to win. And there was an agenda on Trump's side to win. Now, if they regardless of, you know, you know what it, the point is, is that they. Both had interest in Trump winning. Mm-hmm. N- whether they acted separately or not, we, you know, according to Mueller's specific definition, they did not. That's fine. In in that area of collusion. Yes. But collusion could be a very broad or narrowly defined right. term. Right. But I'm saying as yeah. far as like, as far as what I'm looking at, as far as misinformation and, 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 and social media, I always assumed, you know, the more that I'm looking into this and doing research, that they operated separately and that Russia was... S- specifically going into social media on its own mm-hmm. on its own for yeah. years they had been planting these seeds in social media yeah. to disrupt our elections so <laughs> that is not up for debate russia did interfere they mm-hmm. were manipulating american citizens on social media and it was working and people were spreading that misinformation and they were voting for a uh, third party and not and you know what i mean mm-hmm. they were being guided into doing these things and uh so i don't know we'll see yeah yolo <laughs> yeah i just um it's interesting to see like where it will be interesting to see where we you know where we go from, right where we go from here and um do does his poll numbers go up? Are there people who this changes their opinion of him? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if that's the case. Like, mm. I think you and I have done. I was thinking back, and I said you and I have done a really good job of not assuming he's, you know, just talking like he's he's guilty. We right. we were just like, well, we'll find out throughout this whole process. Right. So throughout all of our episodes, we've talked right. about Trump so much. Mm-hmm. We've I think we've always stopped, and and I applaud us for this. Mm-hmm. We've always stopped short of saying. He's guilty. He's guilty right, of this. Right. We've always said like, well, we'll find out. There's an investigation. Yes. And we'll accept the the outcome of the investigation. Absolutely. And I accept the outcome of the investigation. Mm-hmm. But we need to see the out. We need to see the outcome. And th- therefore, you have to. But then that just you have to understand that it's you have to see the outcome for what it is. Yeah. Right. Too. You can't just be like, okay, well, it's not. There's no collusion. Right. Well, it's okay. Well, you have. To, there was a very narrow definition that was investigated. Mm-hmm. And that particular type of collusion or that particular type of, you know, of interference mm-hmm. wasn't proven to be uh, conspired right. between Russia and, and, and the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there wasn't other financial or anything else that was going on. Right. That's being investigated separately. And those are still going on and mm-hmm. those are still valid. And we'll, we'll wait to hear 
the 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 reports on on those investigations right. but this isn't over yeah this isn't over and the media is portraying it as it being over mm-hmm. like all all the headlines across the the, the political spectrum mm-hmm. of uh media of media what all the headlines saying you know no collusion found no collusion mm-hmm. found no collusion found well you're not in that in that headline, we know how everybody just reads headlines and then extrapolates off of it oh, on social yeah. media. Yes, you're doing it. You're doing your readers a disservice by not saying no collusion found in this specific area, right? Because that's all the Mueller report did. Mm-hmm. We just we let the media make us think that they were invest. Mueller was investing collusion in any and all areas, right? Right. And now it's come out that he's he only was looking at collusion in a very specific mm-hmm, area mm-hmm. and a very specific time, right? So, I mean, we'll find we'll find out. But the fact that you're trying to say that this whole thing is done, yeah, I, I and I I find it so frustrating that the media is is will is wanting to to jump on. They're shooting on themselves in the fucking feet, dude. Because a lot of times, like even even with myself, I've kind of always just semi defended the media. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's their job to to share to spread the news um and 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 everyone else is like well they're all liars and it's all with an agenda blah 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 blah. and everybody knows that there is a a, there are hints of uh, biases and 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 etc but when they're doing this and doing themselves and the citizens a disservice you're they're just they're hurting the other side the the, those who have semi-defended them Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so i'm going to switch gears real quick just because we're running out of time. Yeah. Um, I wanted to tell you about this FBI Records Vault Twitter. Okay. Okay, so they... Um, interesting timing with the the Mueller release. Um, they tweeted out a Trump organization, essentially a file dump. Um, it, it looks came like, from the FBI. Yeah, okay. it looks like they, have been in, they had investigated him in the 80s, um, and there's like 129 pages of documents of... Um, reporting um there's some news articles in there um that kind of connect with what they're investigating mm-hmm. um just looking at possible shady things he um trump might have the trump organization might have been um into okay so this is from an or uh, Oregon live article the revelations range from a purported lottery scam undertaken by Trump organization staffers to the discovery of a hidden camera in the apartment of Trump's second wife, Marla Maples. Trump apparently was worried about some specific nude photos of Maples. There's also a note about a New York housing commissioner reporting a telephone call at home approximately 7 a.m. on 4-20-1982 threatening his life over tax abatement issues concerning Donald Trump. <laughs> huh so interesting yeah and that, that was an accusation that they investigated um yeah i mean it just uh, yeah they didn't investigate it um this is the kind of stuff you know um i like looking through okay um this is something i i pulled up the documents and it's i hate reading crap on electronic devices mm-hmm. um so maybe i'll print it out um and check it out but um i thought it was interesting with the timing um that they're you know it's um, I I don't know. Maybe it possibly shows some. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say that too much. You know what I mean? It sounds like he's been under investigation f- for a long <laughs> time a for many different things. Yes, 
That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Um, but they also did a, um, this was on March 1st, a Kushner company investigation mm-hmm. filed up. Now that's interesting. Yeah. So I didn't open that tweet yet and read through that yet, but um, you know, I'm just skimming right now. But like I said, it's that's the kind of stuff I'd really like to get down deep into and nerd out on. Um, but if anyone listening is interested, the Twitter handle is at FBI Records Vault, and um, they have a link to these files um, that we are all welcome to read. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested in checking those out. Yeah. It's it's super cool. Um, okay. So. We need to shut this down. <laughs> but what we what we wanted to do was um, you and I did an interview with your dad. Yes. And it released, was it yesterday or today? Today. On, on the radio. Today on the radio. Um, and I had to cut it down to like, what was it, 20 minutes? 20 minutes, yeah. Um, and we talked for almost an hour. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to get too much into what we talked about because what we're going to do is we're going to put it right here at this part of the interview or this part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's late. <laughs> <laughs> it is very late. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you want to preface it with anything. Yeah, so it's probably won't be very interesting. Well, I think it I think I it's shouldn't super interesting. It's specifically for people living in Vancouver, Washington, mm-hmm. but it's it we get into it as the discussion though can be attributed to any town that is um being affected by the implementation of bike lanes right. and and the consequences that they come f- that come with them being in you know being built mm-hmm. in a city um why are they being built in the city what right. are the what are the advantages disadvantages that they pose mm-hmm. um what you did the, a bunch of great research for so this. it i think it doesn't you don't have to live in vancouver or be affected by bike lanes going in in vancouver washington to listen to this and mm-hmm. get something from it i agree what i think though what the part of it that i got from it is this relationship between citizens and government Mm -hmm. um this was an opportunity and a platform for your dad to to voice his opinion and to voice the research that he had done um and and just his knowledge in construction you know and how how that impacts what what they're what they're working on very good point um but you know there there is i think what we show is you know I not necessarily the relationship, but how they interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is another form of that interaction by putting this radio interview out there and sharing it with others. Um, you can see where the shortcomings from the government are, where the shortcomings from the, the citizens are and the neighborhoods are and, and, and who and who isn't reaching out to one another. And I, I don't know, that's the aspect of it. I really sure. enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I talk a little bit about me riding a bike because I used to ride a bike all the time. Um, but this is all it's its fun that I'm, I'm excited to release this because this is so much of what I had to cut. All your research I had to like splice out of there because, uh, you know, just uh, not all of it, yeah. you know, no, but I had to cut out. A, you had so many great, great points and comparisons with other cities um, and the benefits. And so um, it is about bike lanes. But I think like Jake's like you're saying there's so much more that you can learn from this mm-hmm. um just on on a on a larger scale with relations with people cyclists government and yeah and i think there's a good lesson to be gained from it that through civic engagement you may not think you have you have the ability in your by yourself to individually affect what's going on at the federal right. level but there's massive amount of change and that you can affect at the at your local level mm-hmm. um, just by getting involved, right. getting your voice out there. Absolutely. So. All right. So 
thank you. Um, we're going to close out at the end of the interview and we're going to check back in with you guys and give you an update. But uh, enjoy this interview with Jake, me, and Gary Jokum. Hey, everybody. This is Jake with To The Republic on KXRW. I'm here with my co-host, Jeff. Hey. And then my dad, Gary Jokum. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so this is my this is my dad, and um, he lives on Columbia Street, where is going where the city has passed a plan to put bike lanes down both sides of the street, which would remove resident parking. Mm-hmm. So we're here to talk about how that affects residents and uh, a bit about bike lanes, you know, as a concept mm-hmm. and how this you know city you know, uses them as a tool, and we can talk about how you know that. Um, the city can try to, you know, maybe how the city can try to balance between bike lanes and parking. Right. I was telling your dad earlier, you know, I do appreciate you coming and wanting to talk about this issue um, because if, if you need to have that conversation back and forth, mm-hmm. and I think that you and I on our podcast and our radio show, have always kind of, kind of encouraged that. Definitely. So, so dad, if you want to tell a little bit about yourself, your career, where you grew up and how long you've lived in the Lincoln neighborhood. Uh, I've lived in the city of Vancouver my entire life, and uh, I've lived in the Lincoln neighborhood for 25-plus years. I'm in the construction field. I pour concrete all around Vancouver, Orchards, Richfield, a lot of jobs for the city of Vancouver Mm -hmm. over the years. And uh, I've seen a whole lot of uh, changes going on in the city of Vancouver, one of them being, which affects me the most, are the bike riders. Mm-hmm. And they started a thing a few years ago with uh, called Share the Road, which was perfectly fine, where they come up and they paint this little bike insignia going up Columbia Street and on the roads where if a guy is pedaling up the road in the middle of his lane, cars go around, it seemed to work fine. All of a sudden, the city decides, for some reason, to uh, take the parking off of Columbia Street and basically put a parking put bike lanes on both sides come out five feet from the curb and put bollards all the way up which columbia is pretty narrow street if anybody Mm, is driven down it it's fairly narrow so taking five feet on each side is going to make it pretty narrow even for cars to drive down at this point i mean you were saying jake that this is already passed that's my understanding okay okay well they had uh last night on the 11th they had a People could chime in at City Hall and mm. give their opinion. Mm-hmm. And the 25th of this month, it, uh, their staff mm-hmm. is going to present this to the City Council. Okay. Which they'll make their decision from there. Right. But they had uh, the way the city, one of the things that majorly upset me about this whole mm-hmm. thing was uh, they said they put this out to 4,000 people. Right. Over the years to, to discuss how long, you know, what, what are your ideas? Mm-hmm. But not one person in my neighborhood mm-hmm. had heard about this. Wow. Yeah. And so where do you put it out to? The people, the bike riders right. of Richfield, Battleground, Salmon Creek? Right. And so when I come home from work a couple of weeks ago on my front porch was this little sign talking about mm-hmm. the change that's coming. So I had uh, talked to this gal this Anna Dremer or Dreamin, I can't remember her mm-hmm. last name exactly. I gave her a call and is kudos she, for is, her. Excuse me, is she with the city of Vancouver? Yes. Okay. Okay. And kudos for her for picking up the phone on a Friday evening at 4.15. Mm-hmm. And I commenced to have like a 
45 minute conversation with this lady. Right. What a saint. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we went kind of round and round back and mm-hmm. forth on the bike thing. Right. And so they had a meeting, which the first one that they had for the neighborhood to come and talk to mm-hmm. was on February 9th. Okay. But they, February 3rd, I believe it was. Right. They never put the, they put the signs out. Mm-hmm. On the Wednesday after the first meeting. Oh, okay. And their meetings were between 4 and 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. So most homeowners mm-hmm. will, that live in the area, people don't get home till right. after 6. Right. And then so the next one was at the Lottie Daw Cafe. Which up is on, uh, 39th. And, on 39th yeah. and uh, just off Main. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough parking up there mm-hmm. to even park a bicycle. that's a true statement right right (laughs) and so that was between 9 30 and 12 Mm -hmm. on a saturday and then the next one was on uh the following monday Mm -hmm. and it said well we're going to have these were in january excuse me i got kind of ahead of myself um was january Mm -hmm. again between 4 and 6 Mm p.m well there's no way that you're going to get the neighborhood people to come speak and put their questions out and, right. and their input right but you could submit a thing on to their website okay which i submitted quite a few <laughs> submittals right right yeah i went on so i i, I was uh curious so i went on lincoln neighborhoods mm-hmm. associations facebook page right and they did have it they have it advertised there but mm-hmm. lincoln neighborhoods facebook page has very little if you know really any mm-hmm. act activity mm-hmm. both in terms of followers and the people who are the admins for the page right. at very little activity um so it it doesn't seem like at least in this neighborhood of you know columbia's a long street right right it does it just definitely didn't appear to me that um the lincoln neighborhood in general specifically did not do a very good job of getting this news out to mm-hmm. to residents who would be affected right it seems like you almost have to be proactive or have an interest in whether for it or against it to to know what's going on, mm-hmm. which can be problematic and I think is a little unfair. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the questions that we have is, uh, so how will this affect you personally? How do you think that'll this 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 clo- the narrowing of the roads, but also in putting in the bike lanes? Well, I, by narrowing the roads and putting in the bike lanes. Um, on any given time, any time after four, mm-hmm. after six p.m., there's probably a minimum from 39th Street to 45th, where this is going to affect my part of the street. Mm-hmm. There's 18 cars right parked on Columbia. Well, mm-hmm. on 41st and 42nd, on 41st on both sides, east side and west side, there is no place to even park mm-hmm. any any additional cars. Mm-hmm. So anybody that has any Kids that are are still at home with cars, where are they going to park? Right. And then you got there's a couple of homes down below that they don't have the driveways to uh, to park right. on there. So now on 42nd, yeah, you could probably get three more cars in there if those people aren't home, and it's going to become a fight in the neighborhood of who's going to get home from work first yeah, yeah. to park. And then one of my main concerns was just a couple of homes down. We have a young family in their late 20s. And when the mom gets home, she mm-hmm. has an eight-month-old and a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times she doesn't get home till four or five, six o'clock, sometimes seven in the evening. 
Well, now she's got to drive around the neighborhood, and where is she going to park? Because right. she has no driveway mm-hmm. to her in front door of their house. Mm-hmm. They have an uh, as an alley behind us mm-hmm. between Columbia and Daniels. Yes, she could park in the alley, mm-hmm. but it's not lighted, right. and with little kids, it's it's kind of a safety issue. For sure. Yeah, this specific house that my dad's speaking about was the first, like, well, it was the old farmhouse mm-hmm. in this se- in this section. Mm-hmm. So the house is turned differently like oh, interesting so it's not really the the front door and everything is not really facing the street mm-hmm. so there isn't a drive like my dad is saying there isn't oh. a driveway the only parking for this particular house mm-hmm. is on the street or behind it which oh, okay. i think gets to a part about the infrastructure of vancouver mm-hmm. there's still a lot of old houses and a lot right. of old roads that don't really that can be really adversely affected mm-hmm. by major shifts and um and planning mm-hmm. like like the addition of bike lanes absolutely kind of answered that question <laughs> yeah <laughs> affecting the neighborhood um well, i guess we can so spe- so um we'll edit all of this out and yeah, get yeah. It, yeah so um specifically uh you know do do i know that you you know we have as a family have parking on the columbia street mm-hmm. so specifically you know we would lose ability to park one of you know the three cars that live at right live at our right. house i know you're always at your parents house mm-hmm. so you would need that parking well that and my that and my <laughs> sister's there too. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and their boyfriends and their girlfriends <laughs> carpool guys <laughs> and then you know and then plus two when you got we have a lot of parties and a lot of friends come mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. and a lot of times on any given time we'll have five or six or seven cars mm-hmm. parked on in front of my house right. or across the street that that people come down and see us right and so where are they going to park right i was curious if you know or if you can remember like how how crowded it was or maybe during the holidays oh there's no place yeah. to park yeah that's what yeah. i was thinking yeah yeah, yeah it can it can be definitely difficult something yeah. i want to touch on from something you, you said earlier which was something that i hadn't um come across mm-hmm. in my research when that was the the share the road initiative mm-hmm. from your um, your perspective driving Columbia a lot. Do you think that that was that was effective? Do you think that that was working adequately Great in question. that in that you needed that we need that the city needed to make the change to bike lanes, or um, do you think there was still an issue with bike safety? No, the share the road thing worked absolutely great. And being living there for over twenty five years, I can sit there at any time during the day. I've actually sat there before. And we have a total of five bike riders Mm -hmm. that actually use Columbia Street on any given day. That's one thing I was thinking about is I wonder if the city has the data for usage or bikes, bike traffic, Mm -hmm. um, because that would be also I think that would be necessary for those who are questioning putting in the bike lanes. That data would be necessary, I think. Uh, In my in my research, looking at at the city's plans, Mm -hmm. uh, that. If if they have that research, it was not made it was not made available to okay. the public. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think that's a good segue into uh, kind of just a general discussion, right? Um, about bike lanes in yeah. in, in the city of Vancouver mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so the city of Vancouver has a f- put out a five year plan, and it's available uh, through a PDF that mm-hmm. you you can view. Um, is but they so numbers the the goal they have ten goals within this PDF. Okay. And goal number six specifically addresses bike bike lanes okay and in goal number six it specifically mentions three roads 
that they want that are going to be like the causeways to create what the city has called their 20 minute neighborhoods mm-hmm. and what that what the 20 minute the definition according to the city of a 20 minute neighborhood is that within 20 minutes mm-hmm. any individual living in the in vancouver's um neighborhoods mm-hmm. can reach vancouver's amenities within 20 minutes of walking or biking right so and columbia columbia street was seen as one of the one of the major roads in order in order to accomplish that goal which is why it's being being selected to right. uh have bike lanes mm-hmm. um to quote uh 6.1 from city of vancouver's five-year plan so mm-hmm. this just to backtrack really quick, the city of Vancouver's five-year plan was put out in 2016. Okay. So they're hoping to have these goals accomplished by 2021. Right. Um, so 6.1 states, support a strong active neighborhood program that enhances livability and community connections. Okay. And then 6.2 says to improve amenities and services that allow residents to age in place. Now, I feel, I feel oh, like that, I feel age in place is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um Meaning, I, I, what I take that to mean is that in the long term goal for Vancouver is to create an environment that is self sustaining for its residents. Mm-hmm. People can get mostly everything they need within 20 minute walk from their house, which city planners believe will eliminate the need to travel long distances by car to get places or move out of the area because of lack of infrastructure and or attractions. Mm-hmm. And I know that the city of Vancouver has, as part of their plan, they've renovated the, the waterfront and right. they're trying to make vancouver more modernized yes i don't i don't know if its residents would necessarily still if that would entice vancouver residents to then use bikes Mm. Hmm. so that's 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 just i it's interesting that they have this goal right and you can see they're starting to implement this goal yeah but i don't think they've looked at the cost benefit analysis Mm -hmm. of over valuing bike riders mm-hmm. at the cost of r- residents right especially resident parking which is incredibly mm-hmm. important well i think with that the cost benefit analysis is specific to putting in bike lanes i think what you gary what you what you were saying about you know putting the little bicyclist insignia that lets everybody know that there's bicyclists who are riding up and down these yes. roads um again i think I think a huge point of this is traffic and and understanding how much traffic. But from what you're saying, Jake, I'm wondering, are they saying that if we put in bike lanes, there's going to be more cyclists? Yes. Okay. And this to back that up, I did some I did I did some research. Okay. And uh, the city of New York, I know New York is New York City is it's massive uh, comparatively to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's really not. I mean, we're talking you know scale, the right, huge right. scale difference. But uh, the city uh, the city of New York. Um, found that every mile of bike lane that the city constructed mm-hmm. increased bike ridership yeah. as a primary means of you know commuting yeah. commuting by 0.4 percent hmm. that in so in 2015 was which was the year that new york city saw its largest expansion of bike lanes right it increased bike ridership not by 9.32 percent hmm. so i guess there is data that right, shows right. that you could increase bike ridership mm-hmm. By creating more bike lanes, making it for you, know, making for an easier, easier ride, a safer mm-hmm. ride. Um, but as my dad was saying, mm-hmm. you don't really see very many. You right. don't. There's really not that many bikes now. Now is that a product of yeah of there not being bike lanes, or mm-hmm. is that a product of 
Vancouver just doesn't have the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. The Van- Vancouver's layout is the population is much more dispersed. Right. Is there a cultural difference here? So I think there's a lot more that the, I think the city needed to ex- needs to expand on and mm-hmm. explore. Yeah. In their in their goals that they made public. Yeah. Which had very little. Um, I felt like there was very little um, explanation right. as to what they were hoping to really gain from that, mm-hmm. other than what there was quote twenty minute neighborhood. Right. Yeah, but with the bike riders, most of them, if you're trying to encourage bike riders to mm-hmm. come and ride into town or ride whatever, mm-hmm. well, people aren't going to ride their bike. A lot of people don't have the option to ride a bike to work. Mm-hmm. I'm in the construction field. Right. Bike riding does not work for me. Right. Um, people that work outside, you know, if you're not working in an office, mm-hmm. you don't have that option right. of riding a bike. Right. If you have to carry anything to go <laughs> yeah, yeah you're yeah. not going to get on a yeah, bike right and if you're going to go grocery shopping well i really doubt that you got a wagon or a basket on the front of your right. bike to go grocery shopping mm-hmm. up at the neighborhood store right. most likely you're going to jump in your car and drive up and the bike riders that you see are mm-hmm. during the summertime when they come through in groves and they're going to ride down the street mm-hmm. and they take up the whole lane and they're going down to the waterfront right. or they're heading down to vancouver lake park or frenchman's right. bar or whatever that's that one group that comes through maybe once or twice a weekend. Yeah. But the rest of the time, the other 365 days a year, we're, we're being penalized for a very few people. Yeah. And the cost of this is astronomical. I mean, and, ha- and how are you going to pay for it? Right. So if you live in the city limits of Vancouver, not only on you, you have to buy your vehicle license tabs. Well, in the city of Vancouver... It started a few years ago. They added $20 mm-hmm. to the license. Mm. So you had to pay that. Right. Well, 2018 rolls around was another $20. Mm-hmm. So now we're at $40 right. on top of my vehicle license for each vehicle I own. And is this money was supposed to be used for infrastructure? Right. So are we using this money to pay for the bike lanes mm-hmm. and put bollards up? It's a very expensive yeah process especially mm-hmm. when you start putting down the geothermal the reflective lights the right. bollards all of that so who's paying for this mm-hmm. is there, mm-hmm. are the guys who drive the cars are paying for it mm-hmm. i living in the neighborhood so i'm being penalized again by paying for something that i'm not going to use yeah i mean I'm, i mean i'm not i'm not going to be able to park in front right. of my house so i got to pay Sure. Let's let's put a pin in the in the, the in the monetary aspect mm-hmm. of this really quick in taxation. Yeah. Um, you working in the construction field, I think you have a really um, really unique perspective and knowledge in when it comes to what does it take to actually implement bike lanes. Right. It's not just painting a stripe down the road. Right. So what what's your experience with installing bike lanes or and you know bike lanes uh, on the construction side of, of this? Cost wise or just manpower yeah both time manpower i mean yeah i mean so i'm not i can i'm not don't have the exact quote right no just i mean yeah (laughs) we didn't really (laughs) yeah didn't prepare too well i mean for for basically yeah to just for rough ballpark figure to put the share of the road by in the signal when they put that on Mm -hmm. each one of those is roughly 375 dollars just for the paint just yeah, yeah. Three to install that right. every hundred feet down right. the road. So now you start putting the you know striping for the bike lanes. Mm-hmm. That stuff usually runs around 
225 mm -hmm. a lineal foot mm -hmm. and now you got to put the bollards up and mm -hmm. those bollards are going to cost just cost wise are probably like 35 bucks a piece mm -hmm. plus now you got to have the manpower to glue each one down and exactly how far they're going to put the mm -hmm. bollards apart i have no idea so what right. specifically is a bollard a bollard is well you've seen like on turn lanes they're the, they're a yellow plastic Mm -hmm. Looks like a pipe with a black thing on the bottom. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Though yeah. they're talking, they're calling those bollards. Usually, a, usually a bollard is what you put in front of a garage doors on businesses. Okay. They're usually a steel pipe or mm -hmm. a concrete pipe, mm. but they're calling these bollards. They're just the plastic ones that go up. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they're supposed to give more the bike lane more of a three D presence. Is that kind yeah, of what it? Yeah. Okay. It, like it gives a bike lane, the bike rider that he's in a secured area lets the cars know that you don't cross over to there. Sure, mm -hmm. right. So, so they, they can see it if it's like a, it's 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 a, actually it's a structure instead of just relying on a right. painted stripe. Okay, yeah. I, I see it. So I I have a few thoughts just real quick, uh, just on the ballers alone visually, I just wonder how that would look just going down an entire road. I don't know how appealing that would be, um, but also. <laughs> To touch way back on what you were talking about, as far as riding the bike um, to to and from work, um, when I lived in the when I lived downtown in the neighborhoods, I used to ride my bike every day over Fairweather. I was a Fairweather rider. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. not too <laughs> hardcore, um, but I would ride across the bridge, and I worked um, at a warehouse right in uh, what is it Delta Park area. Mm -hmm. um, but now I live up in Salmon Creek, and just a quick thought that I was having about this is the reason that I don't ride my bike to work anymore is not because it's further, but because of the road access out there in yeah. those areas. And I think you kind of touched on that when you're saying as far as cyclists coming to downtown mm -hmm. or through downtown, I think that that is more of an issue um, when I'm thinking about riding my bike and why I haven't, this might be a little more anecdotal, but the reason I'm not riding is because there is no bike lane roads f or there are no bike paths from Salmon Creek area to downtown to the bridge to cross the bridge. Now, when I was living downtown, I had no problem riding through the neighborhoods to the bike lanes to cross the bridge. So I was just thinking about that while you were talking. I think that for me personally, the issue is... You know, how do I even get downtown from where I am from the outside of downtown in Vancouver? How much is available as far as access and roads for cyclists outside of downtown Vancouver and those neighborhoods? There's not much. Right. And then uh, another interesting statistic that I would like to see to if you're going to argue for these lanes and these these bollards or whatever they're called uh, accident reports. I'd like to see the data on that. Because mm -hmm. if this is if I'm assuming that this is also not just access, but for safety, I'd like to see the data on how many accident reports there were with cyclists. Just sure. I, 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 I think that would be I would give us a um, it would definitely give us a, a more of an insight in, right. as to, you know, is this was the the initial plan of share the road, mm -hmm. uh, you know, still safe enough to make biking exactly um, definitely yeah what so I, I i i can i definitely can see mm -hmm. yeah that would be nice to nice to know that right and then here's the part you know back to the bollards and yeah, the yeah. bike lanes on the construction side of it you know looking ahead i mean i have to look ahead every day and plan my days ahead mm -hmm. and when we're building something to foresee future problems oh yeah and now here's another problem with their bike lanes and their bollards there is a lot of street trees mm -hmm. in the city of vancouver mm -hmm. And when they do fall, where do they fall? 
they fall next to the curb, right? Which is the bike lanes. Mm-hmm. So now you got bollards and you got leaves that are falling down, mm-hmm. which now that the homeowners are now responsible to clean up. Mm-hmm. So now the bike lanes are covered with leaves during the fall and winter. Am I going to have to go out and clean the bike lane? Mm. And I'm not even allowed to park in front of my house. Right. When I'm parking in front of my house, I clean, I, I load them up, throw them in my yard debris, okay, and get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm not going to be a park in front of my house, why should I have to go out there and clean right. up the leaves? And then just like this last little snowfall that we mm-hmm. had. So how are you going to get street sweepers in there mm. with bollards? I'm not sure exactly how far apart right. to clean up the leaves. Yeah. And then so now we got snow and ice, mm-hmm. and the snow plows come through. Right. And they knock them over, or they how they go, how are you going to clean the bike lanes? Now right. the bike riders, well, if there's snow and ice on right. the side of the road, there's leaves. I'm going to have to ride down the middle of the road. So we're back to share the road, right. and everybody will be happy if we just share the road. Mm. Why do we have to take a minority of people right. and destroy it for the majority of the homeowners mm-hmm. that we're paying taxes in right. the neighborhood? I mean. Granted, I I get on this whole thing of, you know, I pay my taxes. I see the bike riders say, well, I pay taxes, too. I said, well, here's one for you bike riders out there. I always hear that I don't ride my bike every day. So why should I have to have insurance Mm -hmm. or license on my bike? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a boat and I have to license my boat. I have to license my trailer. My God, I'm 61 years old. (laughs) I've been running boats since I've been 10 years old. I had to take a a boating class. Mm To run a boat. Right. So what makes the bike riders think that they don't have to put a license on their boat, I mean on their bicycle, mm-hmm. uh, carry insurance for when they do run the stop sign and plow into my truck, they can actually fix it. Mm-hmm. And why should they not have to take a biking class and pay the $35 and do like the rest of the people? Right. It, what's, why are they so special? Why are we catering to a group of people because that want to exercise and when they're riding they can't tell me that they're looking at the scenery because every bike ride i've ever seen on my way down hunting they have their head straight down at the road and they're not looking at anything that's around them right so to me it's an exercise right so i was just thinking real quick if they did have those licensing and they did have those classes that they paid for and that money was going to the infrastructure and was going to creating bike lanes would you be more okay with that yeah, when they built up enough of a fund. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Um, as to why um, the minority versus the majority um, argument that my dad brought up, I think yeah. is very valid. Yeah. Um, just to counter that, just from what I saw with um, New York, the New York Times, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, not New York Times, the New York City's Department of Transportation right. study was that they 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 saw that as an ex- expansion of bike lanes reduced both pollution and traffic mm-hmm. congestion uh and in then in addition to uh NYC's uh Department of Transportation stated that they believe that by having better and more numerous bike lanes incentivized bike usage for daily commutes which both had positive effect on both individual health right. and reduced wear on city infrastructure mm-hmm. so i think that the city Cities like uh, like New York City, large cities, right. see bike lanes Portland. as you know Portland. Yeah, they see because you're you're talking about a, a lot bigger population. Yes, that trying to incentivize trying to incentivize bike riding meets three kind of macro level goals, okay. and that's um, increasing public health as city as you know state and local governments and even the federal government are starting to investize investize more in public funded healthcare programs, mm-hmm. having a healthier having a healthier society. 
reduces the cost right. of re- reduces the re- reduces the cost of of you know public health insurance, mm-hmm. um, and decreases traffic. Right. Uh, cities have cities to, that have modernized infrastructure and stable local economies make it easier for residents to get their jobs or other attraction or or to other attractions within the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Vancouver's twenty minute neighborhood vision allows. Those residents to use cheaper means of transportation like biking. Mm-hmm. Um, this removes cars from the roadway. Right. Um, and then it also decreases pollution. Mm-hmm. You have less cars, you know, putting emissions into mm-hmm. into the air. Um, so I think that the city looks at these long run macro level goals and right. they, they say, well, we're willing to have a short run cost now to make our city better in the long run now mm-hmm. we can argue the merits of those three yeah, yeah, all we yeah. want but i think that that's where the thinking is coming okay. from. i think that's where the thinking is coming from okay. well granted i can see I, I i see that point yeah i really do yeah but the problem of it is is this is pacific northwest yeah and the majority of people they they have to go to work more than a mile away right and it rains a lot here. Like I said, I was a fair weather rider. <laughs> yes. And and I really, okay, it's sunny this morning. I'm going to jump my bike and I'm going to ride to my office. Mm-hmm. Well, it's raining. I'm right. going to drive my car. Right. Well, you're going to be driving your car more than you ride your bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, just like in any sport, any activity, anything that you do, you have people that are extreme on one end that I'm, I'm oh, riding absolutely. my bike or whatever. I mean, sorry, but. I, th- I, I think on that point, Gary, I think just. Looking at this whole issue, I think that, and I've said it multiple times, I think I would need more data on more things. Um, another thing I was thinking about is is within that neighborhood, how many people work within, a, a let's say, a 10-mile radius of where they live? And is that, you know, what is the distance of, of average bike riding to work? Um, when I lived down there and I rode to work, it was five miles to work. That's not that bad. But if it was further, I might be... And raining, like you were saying, I might be discouraged to ride and might mm-hmm. drive. Sure. So I don't know. I'm just thinking about if this seems like a massive project, but I, I and and there are obviously citizens like you who who have concerns. I would just prefer if there were more data. Oh, d- I think I think definitely. Yeah. Um, and clearly, there needs to be more communication or more more effort from the city's part to um, to notify a neighborhood. Prior to these meetings, make sure that everybody's voice is heard. Everybody is involved in this conversation so that there's more of an accurate understanding of what needs to happen. Sure. And and maybe there isn't an understanding that the Share the Road initiative is working. Mm -hmm. Maybe there isn't that understanding there. And I'm just thinking that maybe there are other things that could happen before jumping into this, this construction. I, th- I think so too. I mean, th- I think the city could argue back and saying, "Well, the d- the population dis- distribution is still very spread out in Vancouver, mm-hmm. but it is growing. Yes, absolutely. and it is growing in a much more in a much more modern way. It is becoming a much more modernized city. Whereas Portland yeah. has those re- you know those really tall apartment buildings where you have a lot of population centralized mm-hmm. in very tight areas. Whereas mm-hmm. Vancouver, it's very flat. Like we, right. we, other, it's starting to get those, it is. it's starting it to get those is. apartments in the downtown area. But for the most part, most of the gentrified residents mm-hmm. are very split out, spread out in a very, you know, flat, you know, single, you know, single or two story yeah. houses. Yeah. You don't have large apartment complexes like you do in, in, in downtown Portland. And that might be the conversation on that macro level you're talking about. As far as looking ahead, if they know that there's plans to construct these, higher rise apartment buildings or condos mm-hmm. putting in those bike lanes now 
would be done for the future they're getting, of out, those. Of, they're getting out ahead of it yeah yes but, but problem, I, yeah go but ahead, it's sorry, a problem with like downtown vancouver right now yeah. so you look at main street yeah you look at evergreen you look at columbia the mm-hmm. roads that are downtown well they are built those streets were built long time ago. oh yeah so now we're putting up all these tall apartment complexes these office buildings mm-hmm. And we're going to put a bike lane. Well, what about the people that actually have to travel from Battleground, mm-hmm. Richfield, or come over to Portland to a business? Well, there's not enough road to put in a bike lane right. because there's no place to park. Right. So now you take away the parking. Well, what's the incentive for people to come down to downtown Vancouver? Right. Well, why am I going to come down there and do business down there when all you have is a bunch of bike lanes and I can't? I have to park 30 blocks away. Mm-hmm. Or heaven forbid, you know, walk for right. miles to find to get to where I'm going to go. Yeah. I'll, I'll do my business elsewhere. Right. And I really don't think that the city is going to start tearing up sidewalks right. on Main Street and shortening them up anytime soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you have a point as far as like people being deterred. If it's congested and there's there's no parking and it's more of a chore to find parking, that might deter people from visiting that area. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the counterpoints I had jotted down yeah. for this was that it might yeah dis- disincentivize people from coming in from the outside. Mm-hmm. But you could also say the lack of congestion, more residents riding bikes, mm-hmm. keeps those what parking spaces are available in the downtown area open oh, for newcomers. So, I mean, we don't know how exactly. that's going to play right. out. Um, because I still I think Vancouver is, um, is a very interesting area yes. right it has so many different little pockets of, yeah. of populations there's very there's very old residents mm-hmm. that are established and there's a lot of new moving in residents so uh preferences and and values and our stuff are definitely changing and they're different they're, they're different ver- from the older residents mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um there was one thing I was gonna say. I remember. oh um to the to the point of representation yeah i think the way that the city has gone about it didn't give Columbia residents, uh, Columbia street residents mm-hmm. a, a voice. Mm-hmm. And I would like to like maybe pose a question to those living on Washington or Daniel street, mm-hmm. which are the parallel streets right. next to Columbia. How would you feel about vo- like support, supporting the bike lanes? If it was Columbia, I mean, if it was Daniels or Washington, Washington. instead of Columbia. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually Daniels is part of the, their bike thing too. Yeah, I was wondering what the other two and streets were. Daniel Street, which is now a north-south street, just like Columbia is. Yeah. Now they want to take Daniels, which Lincoln School is on, mm-hmm. and turn it into a one-way street mm. south. So all the way up? No, just from like 45th down. I'm not sure. I that's I pretty much all the way up if it's 45th yeah. down. From, yeah. Well, 40, I'm not sure down past 39th or whatever. Oh, okay. But the thing of it is, is that's a school right, right. there. So now you're you're all these parents that are bringing their kids mm-hmm. to school. You have the buses that are coming in there, right. and there's parents that are parking there that are helping out at the school. They park on Daniels. They park on 41st. They park on 42nd mm-hmm. um, over there. They park on Columbia, and they walk over there and help out the school. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're turning into a one-lane road, and now you got this thoroughfare because once you put bike lanes in bollards, you mm-hmm. just now, and even though you, I don't care if you say I got 25 mile an hour speed limit, yeah. you just created a 40 mile an hour speed limit mm-hmm. through there. So people are going to be zooming down through there and people are going to try to turn and it's north south for, right. for parents. So, you know, there's another mm-hmm. who, who thinks of these things? Don't I, anybody <laughs> look ahead? I, I have a how to, so how does making it a one way street increase? Um, 
people's speed. Like even if it's posted twenty five, you no, know, it, it would increase the speed on Columbia. Oh, oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Because and, Columbia has a baller that's just one way in, on Daniels mm-hmm. going down. Well, in the mornings now, being I five for some reason, I don't know why everybody thinks it's a shortcut to get to I five. I was going to bring this up. They everybody <laughs> comes in the morning. Yes. Yeah. They swing up forty fifth. Yes. They drive down Columbia. They're trying to get to wherever they're trying to go. Right. And it's already a nightmare. Right. And then to, to just speed it up with ballers, it's just like, hey, free for all. Yeah. That's another thing you could look at the data is like with, with applications like Waze or diff- different GPS systems. Um, I know that um, my wife works downtown Vancouver. And sometimes with I-5 being backed up, it will tell her to take off on Main and then head down through those back roads to get to the, the county building downtown. So... I would that's that'd be interesting data to see how much traffic is increased by that. And then you look at the increased traffic with the cyclists and compare those numbers. I think that there's just a lot of comparisons that could be made. Um, but I think you have a good point as far as them driving if they're going downtown and these systems are telling them to go through these neighborhoods that also increases. Yeah. Traffic. So, yeah. And now your 20 minute is you're and trying to cross the roads. Right. I mean, the only light, the only light you have. Is the one at 39th Street mm-hmm. and the one at 4th Plain until you get downtown. Right. On. Uh, I think the next one would be, uh, would be the one you know, at Shanahan. McLaugh- McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's another concern, you mm-hmm. know, by not being able to park in front of my house because car prowlers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I park in oh, front of my okay. house. My house is lit up. Mm-hmm. I keep my lights on. Right. I mean, people, I'm up at all hours of the morning, anyways. And. If now if my car is parked over on 42nd, 41st, or over on Washington, mm-hmm. and I get there and my car's broke into, mm-hmm. oh, gee, you know, sorry. And instead of take this money that we want to stick onto the bike lanes, mm-hmm. why not give it, hire some more police, get, mm-hmm. buy some more cars, and let them patrol our neighborhoods? Mm-hmm. So we're going to stick, I don't know how many millions of dollars this is going to cost right. to do this. I mean, I can get into the whole tax thing on waste of money but <laughs> that's for a different show right um but yeah i mean there's there's another one of my yeah concerns. i think that's so, interesting especially for those who work early or come home late and are having to travel long distances like you were saying earlier um from their parking spot to their home who knows what kind of that's another statistic is you could look at crime in the area and then compare that with parking and, and if you're the counter to this you could you could use that data if it's there to, to make your point and then continue and further this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's like my daughter gets up to go to work in the morning. Right. Her car is parked in front of my house. Mm-hmm. It's pouring down rain. It's open the, open the side door, lock the door, tell the dog goodbye, close the gate, <laughs> and run and get into her car. Right. Well, now if she's parked a block and a half or two blocks away, mm-hmm. she's ready for work. She is now soaking wet, crossing the roads. Right. I mean, you got the rain and the catch basins are full, especially in the fall. The mm-hmm. roads are plugged up because of the leaves. And now she's soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And we're doing this for five bike riders. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. I mean, right. I like to know where the bike riders live so I can go park in front of <laughs> their house and inconvenience right, them. Right, right, right. I think... It gets just knowing Columbia. I mean, yeah. driving. I went going to Hudson's Bay High School. I right. drove down Columbia thousands of times. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people who park on Columbia, mm-hmm. 
south of 39th Street. Mm-hmm. I think most of the parking is really in the Lincoln neighborhood. Okay. And I think there wasn't a lot of... I didn't, f- I didn't feel like there was enough of a forum to allow, especially people... I think if they were when they're going to create the forum, they should have, they should have gone door to door to each right, each each uh, residence on Columbia Street in that section because mm-hmm. those are the people. Like I mean, this neighborhood especially, just mm-hmm. knowing Columbia is going to be the one that's most adversely affected right by this. And because it's at the end of Columbia Street, I mean mm-hmm. Columbia like three blocks north of my parents' house. Right, Columbia ends. That's the end of Columbia mm-hmm. on the north side. Okay, in. There probably yes, there might be more bike riders on the downtown end of Columbia. Okay, okay. But up here, I, I almost wonder if it would be a fair balance, right? To put a line of demarcation mm-hmm. saying the bike lanes will be going in south of 39th mm. Street. I don't know if I mean, that might just be sounding of pushing off the problem to somebody else, right? But it doesn't seem like there's all that much parking down on the in that area. Well, anyway. On my way down here tonight, mm-hmm. there is there was I left. Before I came down here this night, I went up to 45th and I counted cars to 39th Street. I counted 21 cars parked between 45th and 39th Street. Mm-hmm. That was tonight at 515 mm-hmm. on my way down here. When I got across 39th Street, from 39th down to 33rd, there was seven cars. Mm-hmm. But those people that were down there probably were still at work. Right. I've gone down there early in the morning heading that way and there's been quite a few cars and as soon as you get start getting down past 33rd mm-hmm. you start getting across fourth plane and my gosh it is just elbow to elbow to elbow mm-hmm. cars parked all the way to, to mclaughlin and on down then the bike lanes open back mm-hmm. up but so if we're going to do that and they're talking 24th street up mm-hmm. Well, so everybody down there does their park there because they got no place to park because right. their apartment complexes or duplexes. So if you're going to do the whole thing, why are we sectioning out certain parts of the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Because these guys have more of a political voice or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you see that, oh, well, we got, there's not very many cars here. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to take these people's spots. That's what you had mentioned earlier before we started recording was that you were talking with an individual and they were saying that they have photographs and data showing that there were less cars but your argument was take these pictures after 5 p.m take these pictures first thing in the morning so you can see how many cars are on these roads when these citizens are home yes yeah yeah i mean the city i mean these guys that are that are doing these surveys that are doing this stuff Mm -hmm. they come to work at eight o'clock nine o'clock in the morning and they go home at four well this is my time slot to do my job Mm mm-hmm well, I don't want to go out and I live there. Yeah. I see what's going on. All right. And they don't. And for some reason, they like they have the meetings at four to six. Right. Years ago, probably back in 205, 206, they had came up with another bike lane project mm-hmm. before this one where they were going to take one lane of uh parking one side of the parking off the east side mm-hmm. and leave this parking on the west side with the bike lane next to the curb so on the mm-hmm. on my side of the street i could still park right but i had to park four feet away from the curb so the bike rider was using the parked cars to go by oh interesting and so they come up with this idea yeah. which still didn't because there's people parking on both sides right and when i show up at the neighborhood meeting and and when the city had pr- brought this up to the neighborhood yeah yeah they show they got they come in with these little sets of plans, mm-hmm. and they're usually eleven by seventeen, which the contractors usually get to bid off of when we go bid these projects. Mm-hmm. 
and they're all excited that, oh, we're going to get this, we're going to get that, we're going to get this traffic island over here so the kids can cross the road and this and that. And I come walking into this meeting. I was late from uh, getting off of work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and all of a sudden this place, this room is full of people mm -hmm. that are not my neighbors, mm. that were not from Lincoln neighborhood. And mm -hmm. I'm like, who are these people? Right. And they were bike riders from Salmon Creek and Richfield mm. and Battleground that were pushing this bike agenda. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm looking at this plan, and they, my neighbors are all excited about this. Mm -hmm. I go, hey, 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 hold before you guys – and they actually asked us for a vote back then, mm -hmm. asked for our opinion. Right. And all my neighbors were up for it. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to get an island. We're going to plant these little trees here, and this is going to be cool. And I'm mm -hmm. going, do you know that you're going to lose your parking? Right. And the guy that was presenting the thing from the city at the time was looking at me, and I knew him from doing projects right. with him over the years. Right. And he looks at me like, oh, no, you just spoiled my deal. Yeah. Because he didn't explain to him that the parking thing was coming out. Right. All they showed him was his plan with this island. Yeah. And he didn't explain to him. I'm going, you're losing your parking. Yeah. They go, well, yeah. how do you know that? I go, this is what I do for a living. Right. I build this stuff. Right. And they're like, well, no, we don't want it. Right. And then it disappeared. Right. And now we're back at it mm -hmm. again. Right. Hmm. Do you have anything else, Jake? I think we're pretty much. I, I think, think so too. Much covered. Yeah. It's been a good discussion. We'll just close it up real quick. Yeah. Is that cool? Mm -hmm. Unless you have anything else, Gary. Want to talk about C Tran? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been super productive. Again, Gary, I do appreciate you being a voice. Well, and thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And wanting to come out and have this conversation. Um, hopefully, it sparks more conversation and more debate, so that we can get more voices heard out there, and we can come to a either a solution or, or kind of a middle ground. Yeah, definitely. And, and thanks to KXRW for allowing the community of Vancouver to have this uh, voice, to have a voice and a platform for, for citizens to come up and, and air their concerns. Right. Thanks, Gary. Thank, Thank you. All right. So that was the interview. Uh, that was fun. It was, that was the it, first time I ever met your dad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a, it was a really good experience. Yeah. Um, you never quite know how people are going to react the first time you get on the mic. Mm -hmm. I know you and I were always so like we're super nervous, and you can listen to our first episode <laughs> first and and, so and, good. and get that <laughs> and just understand like how rough that was, right? right? So, right. I was really relieved when we first um, we I ask him you know who he is, mm -hmm. and I ask him to introduce himself, mm -hmm. and then. He just doesn't. I mean, he just went. No hesitation. No hesitation to start talking, started hitting his points. Right. Like he, I, I was. It was like okay. Well, it was perfect because right. we could just be like, all right. Well, um, uh, we just let him go, right. and we, I, he kind of blew past a lot of the notes I had. So we had right. to like you know double back and be like, hey, you know, like mm -hmm. what what do you mean by this? Or mm -hmm. like let's expand on this right, particular right, section. Right. And I think it worked really well. Yeah. And my dad was really um, articulate. He had his valid concerns mm -hmm. and. Um, they were, you know, they were met. There was a, right. um, we were just updated today actually about how that, um, so this was released on KXRW mm -hmm. and it was heard in both Portland and Vancouver. Yep. And, uh, there was a city hall meeting last night mm -hmm. about this and my dad was there and mm -hmm. was arguing for his, uh, arguing his side of the, of the, of this debate and, mm -hmm. um, I, th I mean, it depends on his side. It, I think he got some good news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we got a text that said that your dad uh, gave a link to the interview to someone with the city 
Um, and after hearing it, they called your dad immediately right back, inviting him to testify before city council. Um, I, uh, there was an uproar, apparently, <laughs> in a good way, after um, your dad testified with all of the good points. And the city has now decided to put off bike lanes for a year while they reassess how much this will adversely affect those homeowners on that street so it was completely worth doing that interview because it got into the right hands yeah so that's pretty it's pretty freaking awesome dude, dude it's so awesome and really rewarding yes and you you and i one thing you know we always end to the republic with um to remember to stay informed and vote um and and with that though is this participation mm-hmm. your your dad did something about it and he made such valid points that whoever was pushing this agenda, regardless of why, it made them stop and think about what they were doing. So all these people who think that all these voting systems and the governments are all rigged. Yeah. If you do something about it, you can make you can affect something. You can make change. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just be bullied around. If you disagree with something, say something, do something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm super stoked. And doing it in a constructive way, right? Right. right. Like yes. You went on, on the airwaves. Yes. You went to city hall. Yes. You didn't go break things. Right. Right. You went to meetings. You you went to the the people directly and said, "Listen to this interview. I have things to say. Mm-hmm. And if you use your words and yeah. not violence and you know get crazy, it, it can it can work out. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's. Getting that text made me feel so good because, you know, it's something that we produce. You're, it's all your dad's points. He yeah. made great points. But um, we were, we took part in facilitating that. I don't know. It made me feel good. And plus, it's your dad. And it affects him personally in his yeah. neighborhood. And mm-hmm. um, and as you just heard through the interview with him, you know, there I kind of was on Gary's side throughout the whole thing. You mean you think about it with the, the, the effects that it's going to have on that, on that neighborhood and right. that specific population and... It's an old, it's an aging population. It's not one that rides bikes. Right. right. So, um, well, and the share the road thing seems to be working. And when I lived down there, I didn't live as far north as your dad mm-hmm. does. Um, but, uh, there was never a problem or issue riding throughout those neighborhoods on my bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it seems like, I, I don't know. I appreciate them holding it off for a year. Um, yeah. but I don't think it's over. <laughs> it's not over. No. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more work, but you know what? It sounds like there were other people there who got informed by the, the issues that your dad proposed mm-hmm. that maybe they hadn't considered before, Yeah, which is I, great. I spoke to him on my way here and uh-huh. he, he said that, um, most people, almost everybody who was, was complaining on the kind of the anti bike lane uh-huh. side of this mm-hmm. were, um, basically just bringing up parking and my dad's my dad said he went and brought up uh cost and he said that completely changed the the dynamic um in the room it completely changed um how the city council was interacting now Mm -hmm. it completely changed the entire process so that's cool i mean it's good i'm so proud of my dad and so happy for him that he's able to and thankful thankful for kxrw thankful for city council and thankful for this country that we can have a process where this kind of stuff is is, is possible right like where people can individuals can go and and have their voices heard and affect affect change that is meaningful to them right so it's important for outlets to always give a voice to people 
who have something to say. And sometimes, you know what, you're not always going to agree with that voice. And I'm not referring specifically to your dad, but I'm just saying sometimes, sometimes it's good to listen to others' point of view. Um, and sometimes it could be as simple as exposing something by giving them a voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think that uh, it's important to use these platforms for your benefit, but also to, to initiate conversations and to, um, I don't know, find a middle ground or to just work through shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's all I got. Yep. All uh, right. That's a good, that's a good, good, um, way to, a good way to end it. Yeah. Thanks guys for listening. Um, please. If you've enjoyed any of this for what episode are we on? 38. This would be 38. Damn. Yeah. We're coming up on 52, baby. <laughs> That's a year, right? Yeah. 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 Goodness. Um, if you've enjoyed one episode, if you've enjoyed all episodes, let us know. Share. Please tell someone else about it. Um, this is definitely becoming, a, as Jake and I have kind of talked recently, a well-oiled machine. It's it's just getting easier and easier to, yeah. to meet up. And, and we know what we want to talk about. We know what we want to do. Uh, we introduced a new segment today, and I think that that's just something we're passionate about. I think about. that's exciting. I like that. Yeah. Um, but uh especially that intro <laughs> dude I, i'm just oh I'm uh, we'll bumpy. listen to it again after this um so yeah please share subscribe follow us on instagram that's where we're the most active um our hundredth post was dedicated to yusuf nurkic that's what i was uh teasing earlier mm-hmm. um but yeah thanks for listening guys and we'll see you next week yes thank you so much bye, bye. Thank you.